10 bell salute for Mr. One Wyndham Rotunda. We all knew him as Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Um, you know, yesterday we had, uh, we lost Terry Funk. And, you know, that sucked. But, and you never like to qualify deaths, but Terry Funk had been around for years. You know, he was, how old was Terry? 70, 79, 79 years old and uh, suffering from dementia in the last couple of years. Right. So Terry Funk lived a full life. He gave us a lot of it. Sad that he's passed. Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, was 36 years old. Had four kids. At least two of them were younger because they were. Uh, he had them with Jojo Offerman, who's one of the uh, the ring announcers for WWE. Um, the youngest being three, I believe. Yeah. So, like, dude, it's just... Look, 36 is too goddamn young. And how, you know, we lost Brody Lee... John Huber, Luke Harper, however you what you know, whatever you want to call him, um, back in 2000. And it was kind of like a, a thing. He went off TV. And then next thing we know, we're hearing that he died. And he was what, 30? He said 30, he was 39, wasn't he? 36. He was, he was 36 as well? 36. No, no, no. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. No, he was He's 41. He's 41, 41. I knew he was young too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But still too goddamn young. Exactly. And then we lose Bray Wyatt a few years later. Rich, and I know you, I, I, Bob, I don't mean to stop, but I, Rich, I know you didn't follow the product, at least in WWE for a while, but there was uh, the stable, the Wyatt family, and now you, now you've dropped two of the three. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Brody Lee or Luke Harper, as he was in the Wyatt family at 41, and now Wyatt at 36. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I, I had thought maybe there would be some kind of correlation between the two, but Rich actually told me, because I, I still thought that uh, Brody's diagnosis was still a secret, but actually Amanda Huber, his wife, came out and, and gave the diagnosis. It was um, pulmonary fibrosis, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, which is basically your lung tissue thickens and can't take in oxygen anymore. So um... you basically suffocate. That's exactly what my mom had. So, oh, there we go. So, yeah. you know that, you know, you're... I know it very well. Yeah. Um, so, that's what... Uh, you know, we get serious in this podcast. We never do. Um, no. But I can speak to that. That's what my mom had. So, uh, she ended up receiving a double lung transplant from it. And it depends on how far it goes. It can be slow, but it can be quick. In his case, it must have been quick. Yeah. It basically... You basically die from the inside is how that disease is. And um, it's not very well uh, publicized because it's not cancer. Um, but basically, your your lungs eat themselves uh, through scar tissue. And uh, there is no cure. Um, and the only way you can continue to live is either on oxygen or through a transplant. Uh, so I, I know it very well. And... Um, sucks um but uh the bray wyatt thing man it's just um 36 years old i just don't get it and it's you know it's weird uh, people people question and i've even questioned you know with especially with some of the the uh people we've lost over the few the last few years you know 
how someone you never met, someone you you never had contact with, you only saw them on TV or or, or through the radio or or whatever, how that can make you sad, how that can be such a huge blow to you. But when it's somebody that you, you know, when we were watching religiously, two to three times a week, we were watching this person on TV. You know, we were we were experiencing this person, which is more than, quite frankly, I have friends that I don't interact with that many times a week, you know? I think we've all got people, we have family members that we don't interact with that many times a week. So these people are a constant presence in your life. And, you know, yeah, some people might be, you know, might say it's silly or some people might be, you know, whatever. Fuck you, man. The, the, whether, whether we know the people or not, they're part of our lives and they brought us joy in part of our lives. They improved our experience on earth. So to say that we can't be sad or we can't be upset that they're not here anymore, go fuck yourself. Yeah, boy. <laughs> fuck off, Flavor Flav. <laughs> um, Some put it in perspective for me earlier. This is really strange. So I was coming through uh, Twitter and um, I saw a tweet by uh, Jake the Snake in regards to the passing of Bray Wyatt. And for some reason, that hit me harder than anything else, knowing that what Jake the Snake went through to kick out of his demise, basically, and being saved to the point where he's working again in AEW, and then watching him post about a wrestler passing away at the age of 36. It just sucked. Because, look, we've seen Beyond the Mat. I saw Beyond the Mat in the theater, and I was like, dude, Jake Snake's dead in five years. Oh, yeah. At most. And here he is posting about a wrestler dying at 36 in the year 2023. Right. And Beyond the Mat came out in the late 90s. Was it 99? Uh, yeah, 99. Yep. Yeah. So I think that was like prospectively one of the hardest reads on all this whole thing just because of who it was. And it was like, well, good Lord, like you're lucky to still be breathing let alone what you're doing in AEW. And here you yeah. are posting about a young man dying. We just lost the Iron Sheik too, not too long ago. Yep. Yeah. Now they think about, yeah. yeah, this year has it's been... It's not been kind of wrestling. No. Hulk Hogan's still alive, though. Yeah. But fucking Hulk Hogan. Look, I'm going to lay off the Hulkster for one reason and one reason only. Vince McMahon's in the hospital. I mean, was there still a chance? <laughs> <laughs> I got a I got a question. Why the fuck? Why? Why God? Why not Vince? Why fucking Bray? Why not Vince? He's right yeah. there. He's on the tee. Fucking you know. So I didn't know. I didn't I didn't watch a lot of WWE. So I, I knew of the stable, but it sounded entertaining. But I, what I found more fascinating was uh I had like for a while, I didn't know he was IRS's kid. Right, right. And then uh, you find that out later on. And then uh, Bo Dallas is apparently his brother, who was also yeah. uh, yep. obviously a kid of. Yeah. of uh, WWE did a lot of things wrong, really, in the last 10, 15 years. But one of the things they did right was the the, the in initial iteration of the Wyatt family and the, the upbringing of that group um, early on. 
the music was right it was a such so well done like it was it was creepy it it had very just interesting vibes to it that you never saw before almost like a very undertaker-ish like it just had that because lights went out then you had everyone popping out their phones the flashlights they called in the fireflies and he really brought the audience in and you for the first time in years you had that like undertaker entrance like feel i'm not i'm not trying to equate the two that they were the same right but you, but you had a similar feel and he brought the audience in on a character that quite frankly was brought up through nxt as a no-namer named husky harris like he he had he was not given a great character to work with but then they given this character called bray wyatt and um it just worked so well and uh you know we, we can talk later on about his stuff doing the fiend and whatever which they could believe it but that first initial bringing it back up and just go back and watch some of those entrances they're so good. They're really, really good. And his in-ring work was great. His mic work was great. Um, you actually had a stable uh, that meant something for a change because WWE always dumped on that. They, they basically would try stables. They'd kill them. And this one worked. And they were able to like not only make it seem realistic, but also bring the supernatural side and bring it together very cohesively. I, I thought it was fantastic. And honestly, uh, Rich, did you watch any of the cinematic matches? No. So there's one you should go back and watch, and I can't remember which WrestleMania it was. Um, Tom, maybe you can remember. I yeah, I'll, I'll, do I'll do a quick search here. Yeah. But it was uh, the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena. And it's not, it's not, you're not watching it for the wrestling. No. You're watching it oh. for the theatricality. Because the way that they do it, and hey, good on John Cena for having a for having a sense of humor about himself and being able to not take himself as seriously as some other because there's a lot of wrestlers that would have said, No, you're shitting on me this whole match. We're not doing this. No. But John Cena played along and it it was so fucking good. It's WrestleMania 36. And it, 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 I'll tell you this, Rich. Um, when you when you try to search for it, it elicits such questions as, "Was John Cena in the NWO?" Yeah, like it's it, it's really, really, really good. Um, worth your time. They they did a couple of these cinematic matches over the, over the years, and uh, hard to say. The other one was really good too. They did a good one with AJ and the Undertaker, but the, this one is so off the wall that it's just. I don't know. It's worth your time. It's, it's yeah. that, that go back and try to Early, find it. Earlier this year, he also did the uh, Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, which it probably wasn't quite as no, uh, no. But he did that with, and this was interesting. That would be his last really match, I guess, right? Yeah, it was his last match with uh, L.A. Knight. Yeah, who's another? I absolutely love the guy. Um, they, you know, hopefully they figure him out, but. Yeah. Um, boy, I don't know. I just this, it, this one's tough, I guess, because of the age and you know, I I, I don't know. I was uh, Dale and I were chatting about this earlier. I honestly thought, and Bob, I don't know if you feel the same way. Rich, feel free to chime in on this. So we all know the Undertaker streak ended with Lesnar beating him. I always thought that it would make have made the most sense if Wyatt would have beat him if they were actually going to end it. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't happen that way. 
the Undertaker went over, and I never understood that. Yeah, and they, you know, they had matches in the past where they were going to, I think Edge was going to originally end it, and he was like, no, I'm not going to fucking end the streak. Um, and there were other people. I don't think that Lesnar needed that rub. Oh, no, he didn't at all. And, I mean, it's it's definitely worked out for him, but I feel like it should have been a passing of the torch from one supernatural character to the other, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yep. It would have made sense. And, you know, there's just, there were so many situations so many times that they just dropped the ball with both the Bray Wyatt character and the Fiend character. And now we'll never get to see them recover. No, and that's, we'll the, that's what the, he could have been. Right. And that's the sad thing. So wrestling with Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, in that whole uh, gimmick, whatever, um, that that's like comic book books brought to life. You know, that's on screen. It's live. It's the supernatural. It's colorful. It's whatever. It's it's dark. It's it really is. It's a comic book brought to life. And um, you know, wrestling obviously has tended to go that way for a long time. Um, you know, to you know, kind of spice it up a little bit and bring in maybe a different audience. Um, but they're few and far between, really, um, because now you have you know. A lot of lot more realism uh, with you know storylines and characters and stuff. You don't see the supernatural a whole lot, but it's peppered in, and, and now that part with him at least is gone. It sucks, you know. It's um, you know, and there'll be someone else, um, but you know, there was so much more to give. Now I think that's that's one, an, a hard thing to swallow. I don't know. Um, but I, it does 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 kind of pique my interest in another question. Now, like, what do you guys honestly think? I know as li- lifelong wrestling fans, and I realize that all of us have been on and off with it. Like the supernatural component to wrestling. Um, I mean, obviously we have with the Undertaker, and you you've had it with other things over the years. But like, I don't know. Like, what's your honest opinion? Take it or leave it. What do you think? If it's done right, it could be good. I like the stuff with the Taker, although we're really the right age for the Undertaker when he came out. What were we? Ten when he came yeah. out. So it was just like right. uh, Yeah. And um but then they tried to when when they brought ECW to the sci-fi channel and you have like a mummy and a zombie <laughs> and shit, that was bad. Um then <laughs> you have the stuff with Gangrel and vampires, and that's less bad, but still, I guess for its time, it was okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I like so I liked the I liked the brood, I liked Gangrel and, and the brood. Um, as far as the zombies and stuff, I well, as far as the ECW zombie and the ECW mummy and all that shit, I I thought that was because there was some kind of clause in the contract where they had to include some stupid ass. There, there was. But even when the WCW, what was that whole, the dungeon? When the, they dungeon had, all, the dungeon yeah. of doom? Yeah. That wasn't good either. <laughs> no, that was bad. But that's the thing. Like, if it's done well, yeah. which it, it doesn't get done I mean, well. Would the House of Black be considered a, a spooky uh, and that's I, I, I'm kind of glad you said that because I was kind of I was kind of leaning that direction. Is you know what do you perceive these days as being that supernatural 
and I, I they said exactly what I thought of too. I thought of the House of Black. So I was kind of curious, is that in the same vein as a Wyatt family undertaker? You know? I would say that. I would say they're the only ones that have done it well. Yeah, they kind of dropped some of it though, where they I guess last year they were doing the whole mist thing, which was turning people evil, and then they just kind of dropped that completely and just made them more of a spooky kind of thing as opposed to supernatural. And I and I think that's the the crazy thing. You so you have um go back to when the uh the NWO first hit the scene as the first time where you're using wrestlers like I mean not the first time, but first time like really brought forward like wrestlers' real names instead of okay, I don't have Razor anymore. I have Scott Hall. I don't have Diesel. I have Kevin Nash. And you're bringing more reality into it. And when you start bringing reality into it, to me, it immediately starts superseding the supernatural because uh, you you take that, to me, when you start pumping reality into it by using real names and real people, you start taking out that disbelief. Yeah. And I don't Did know. Sean Whitman ever go by Sean Whitman or was X-Pac because he sucked? Who? Uh, X-Pac. Oh, X-Pac, Sean Waltman. Yeah, he's only he's only ever been six X Pac, X Pac, and the we'll one two three kid. kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we we don't get his real name because he sucks. He oh name. no, and he was six. He was, name. He, he was he was also six with two X's. Yeah, yeah. he uh, was cool. He also had an unfortunate injury doing a Bronco Buster on an independent show too. So <laughs> he ripped his asshole. Yep, uh, <laughs> that's a true story, kids. He ripped his asshole doing a Bronco Buster on the table. Yeah, look, look that one up. And, um, and he did porn with China. So, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. haven't seen that thanks, one. Thanks for, saying, <laughs> thanks for saying that as Peyton walked to the room. Nope. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, no, uh, but it, you know, it, it it does beg the question though, as far as this whole. Pop, like does a, Papa Shango count as uh, supernatural? Yeah, I was gonna say that's to me just not done well. Could have been done well. What about the well, guy yeah, that's one? Is he even still around? Oh, the boogeyman? Oh, the boogeyman's Boogie. still around, dude. You know what the funny thing is? The boogeyman's like legit. That's yeah. not really just like a character. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much him. That's him. Uh, he yeah. like eat worms. He's a fucking creep, but he's yeah. also super nice to kids. Like. He's super duper nice to kids, but no, he's he's legitimately crazy. Yeah, there is, uh, that's not a character. <laughs> yeah, like Charles um, White doesn't go around, you know, being a voodoo pimp. He's just. Although you know White. what though, he right. was like a like a what was he? Uh, he's a bouncer or some bouncer shit. at a strip club in El in uh, Las Vegas. Wait, I don't the, know the boogeyman or the Godfather. No, no, no the Godfather. Godfather. Yeah. Oh yeah, the boogeyman. No, not the boogeyman. The, the boogeyman was like, yeah, if he was a bouncer at a strip club, what city would it be in? Fucking Alabama, somewhere in Florida. Florida. No, yeah, I was gonna say like I was trying to think of like a dump, but Mississippi. Oh yeah, Biloxi. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. It's Dallas. It, it, yeah, that's that's even better. Yeah. Um, no, I just this whole thing though. Um, I don't just know. I, I, like, doesn't mean they suck. Huh? What's the? Oh, well. so just because they have a better football team doesn't mean they suck. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. boy. 
<clears throat> I appreciate you trying to get my mind off of this by getting me pissed off at you. Over What's even the like, best part about this is for our audience that can't see, Rich is wearing an Eagles shirt and Bob has an Eagles chair in the back. And I'm wearing an the Eagles same shirt. One I was wearing yesterday, and you're also wearing an Eagles shirt too, yeah. And my Eagles wallet is sitting on my Eagles chair in the back. <laughs> and I have a, well, I have a Phillies hat, so that's close enough. Um, and then, and then we'll bring it back to wrestling. They, they brought Alexa Bliss into the, uh, wasn't she supposed to be like his goddess or whatever they called her? Yeah, he was, we, <clears throat> see, they never really explained it, but it seemed like she was going to be Sister Abigail. And then there was going to be yeah. Uncle Howdy was, was supposed to be Bo Dallas. Which mm -hmm. they were finally going to do that right. They were finally going to bring Bo Dallas into the back in, and I believe uh, one of the other characters. I please excuse my not remember the name, but Grayson Waller from NXT was going to be one of the other characters. Yeah, I can't remember which one. Bolt. I, I don't remember either. But Buzzy the Buzzard or some some Mercy, weird Mercy the Buzzard. Mercy the Buzzard. Yeah. Didn't this McMahon not like uh, Gray White? The character or the yeah he probably didn't understand it because he's an out of touch old fuck he needs to get the fuck away from foot or from wrestling instead <laughs> of football but he should stay the fuck away from football too piece of shit well he he tried that for a year or two that yeah that's hey, so, so the rock doesn't the rock have his football you know yeah yeah yep yeah but the I, second I, time though i don't know the first time yeah <laughs> But, you can visit that, visit, visit that one in the archives. Uh, Bob and I talked about that in length right. at noisebrigadepod.com. And that's yeah. how you do a, a, a tie-in, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time we started trying to do something somewhat Ale professional. Alexa Bliss, who has the best ass in the WWE. I don't know. They'd have to see them compared side-by-side -side to compare her with uh, Sky Blue to see who has the best ass overall. Well, I'll, I'll, that should be our next... Uh, now that we finished our, our our bracket of bad, we need like the best asses in wrestling bracket. Yeah, that's the other tease right there. So Rich actually said it, and um, because that episode probably won't get posted for a while, um, due to um, a lot of editing, quite a bit of editing. We did finish our bracket of bad, so we if, can if, jerk if, off to it. Yeah, uh, if you're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't said once or twice. That needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> On a Noise Brigade t-shirt. Oh, God. <laughs> the Noise Brigade podcast. At least you can turn <laughs> off to it. <laughs> I wonder hey, if guys, let's, let's do a Bray Wyatt tribute episode. How's this going to turn out? <laughs> Look, man, we're only laughing to keep from crying at this point. Uh, then that's it, though. You got it. You have to. You gotta. You gotta smile. I mean, I feel. I feel bad about Terry Funk too, because I imagine if he would have made it a year or two, he'd be wrestling Ric Flair again. He'd be back in the ring. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that dude. You know, you you you, dude. I'm sorry. You laugh and you joke like you're not wrong though. I think yeah, that's the no. thing because look, Ric Flair was in the ring last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Terry Funk is the now. He stroked out and had a heart attack and almost died. And Andrade had to give him CPR, but he dude, I mean, come on, it's Ric Flair. He's gonna keep kicking out. Yeah. Um. No, it's uh, dude. I, the Terry Funk stuff. I know we we, we did talk about him a, a little bit, and that one hurts too, just on the sheer fact of. Uh, and I was thinking about this last night uh, after we recorded, actually, 
Um, so like I remember like being out of wrestling completely and flipping over to WGW 48 and seeing this like middle-aged, older-looking guy uh, wrestling. I could not remember who he was wrestling, but I looked up and I was like, I know that guy. I don't know why I know him, but I know him. And I saw him taking crazy bumps and just this crazy thing. Terry Funk was the reason why I stayed on that channel to watch ECW in 1996. Maybe in 95. But it was in that time frame when I started watching wrestling again because I gave up on it. Think about how piss poor the WWF product was. I gave up on WWF basically after WrestleMania 91. And think about the time from 91 basically to 95, 96, how bad the product was. WWF, WCW, there was nothing there. And I, at the time, you know, you didn't have the internet really. So I didn't know. And hell, ECW is in our backyard. We didn't know. I didn't know. No. You know, and then I finally flip it on one yeah, night, and it's like, "What is this?" Two o'clock in the morning, and that's when you found out ECW exists. Right, exactly. That was the way we had it, and so I, I like I said, ninety-five, ninety-six time frame, and I remember seeing Terry Funk on there, and I was like, "This is awesome!" Like this guy's taking hits, and then you find out at the time, like this dude's in his fifties. <laughs> I. Uh... I don't remember what the I was just watching a YouTube video that was some kind of countdown of the most extreme something or other. And number one was the Terry Funk uh, barbed wire match with Sabu, where Sabu has to wrap his, like basically seal his arm back up with duct tape and use the match. Yeah, that's it, it's actually made quite a bit. So Sabu had to, um, I think several times over, he'd get to get himself cut open for barbed wire or whatever, right. and they super glue him back. It was crazy. Finish the match and then go get uh, whatever. So he'd wrestle for like another half hour, forty-five minutes with the energy before he would go get it, you know, fixed. Fixed. Um, there is a great documentary. It's available on YouTube. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it called Forever Hardcore, and it's just a bunch of like interviews, basically, with all the ECW folks and Terry Funk included. I believe it was released in two thousand five. I watched part of it last night, and it's just it's so good. Um, highly recommend it. Um, I watched it for basically for Terry Funk clips uh, last night anyway, but I've seen it before and it's uh, it's 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 definitely worth your time. Have you ever see, have you guys ever seen that? No, but I'm gonna check it out now. Yeah, Leah, look it up. Forever, it's called Forever Hardcore. The documentary. It's basically two hours of just interviews about ECW, and they they talk about the fans and the the the, the different storylines and whatever, and Shane throwing the belt down and all that crap. But it's 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 just so good. It's it's definitely worth it. Um, it's obviously looks like it's shot on somebody's like, you know, Sony Handycam type thing, but <laughs> it's it's cool, you know, a lot of lot of good lot of good memories that I revisited there, and that's that's what sucked. I, I I'd like to say that Terry Funk was the one that brought me back into wrestling, so that was kind of hard to to hear, even though, again, he's close to eighty, and it's like you kind of expected it, you know, right. with him, hard life, hard knocks. I mean, I'm pretty sure they sold a, sold a shirt at one time, Terry Funk, with School of Hard Knocks. So, <laughs> I don't know. Well, wasn't that, that was the Funk U one, right? Yep, yep. Yep. I don't know. Man. And then, since we mentioned World earlier, so I had the Iron Sheik earlier in the year, who, uh, he was... Da -da 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 -da. He was 81. He died in June. Yeah. And uh, he was an actual yeah. 
Iranian Olympic wrestler who's like, I gotta get out of Iran. Then uh, you know, came to the WWE, stayed in character forever. It's a smart, smart choice. You know, yeah. given the choice of Iran or here, I, I'd rather be here. And you know what? I uh... was a bodyguard print and realized that you know the people around the prince that like do better than him don't last long. I think yeah. it was his whole yeah. And he was one that he you know it didn't matter what your belief was like you always agreed with him. Yeah. Like he cro he crossed lines on all sorts of things. Like I I always thought he was hysterical and you know yeah. and I know realized that a lot of his Twitter he, postings were really him but yeah, when he came out later with the, I, I I don't know if it was Howard Stern that brought him back or if he was just doing stuff around and Howard Stern brought him on. But like towards the end of his uh, his thing, they just they would have him on just yelling stuff randomly. So <laughs> I, I will, you know, we, I I started saying this earlier. I'll, I'll give Hulk Hogan a little bit of credit. He did after uh, Hurricane Ian, he did drive around Cape Coral. Didn't advertise it, didn't record it, didn't post it anywhere, but he did drive around Cape Coral and was looking for people to help. He's capable of goodness every once in a while. Mm -hmm. when, he's not, when he's not banging his friend's wife on video. Was that Bubba the Love Sponge? Yeah, which yeah. if your name is Bubba the Love Sponge, like if that's what you go by, then, you know, whatever happens to you happens to you. Yeah, yeah, okay, so... It wasn't banging the wife. It was the pillow talk that happened during the. Well, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe that he he should lose the moniker, the love sponge, and that should probably go to his wife. Or he, would she just he be the comfort? His wife. He's like, "Hey, Hogan, you're my friend. Do you want to bang my wife?" Was it really? <laughs> was it him, or was he was he just on that radio show now? I can't remember. Wow. Uh, I don't know. H Hogan Hogan banged Bubba Love Sponge's wife, which I mean, what it was okay. I remember he. I thought he was on his radio show talking about that. No, 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 no. He he. No, no, well, yeah, he, he might have been on the radio show talking about banging Bubba Love Sponge's wife, <laughs> which means her name. Again, is now... it wasn't like behind Bubba's back. It was like Bubba's right. like, "Do you want to bang my wife?" Yeah. So I'm right, thinking, right. I'm thinking that maybe her name is now Linda the Cum Sponge. <laughs> 